Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to the 12th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of August 20th, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to do this week's podcast, and I am excited that we are in this season of growth. We are in the season of difficult challenges, but I feel that As we have been going through these difficult challenges, as we've been dealing with this abundance, and as we are, as we've kind of discussed here in this podcast, how do we deal with this and adjust to with this great abundance comes great responsibility? I think there's also times where we have to understand, too, how we're not alone in this. And this is something that God is continuing to work with us and through us in. And I think that's something that we'll be able to get into a little bit this week. And I'm really excited about where we're going to be talking about this week because we're going to be getting into literally some DNA stuff. And that's always fun. So before we jump into that, let's get back to last week's question, which was, have you felt like you're walking that tension like of the current climate crisis? And have you felt that tension? And I got some very interesting responses back. I had one response coming back. She has children and has stated that she definitely feels this tension. With having younger people and looking at their future, there is something that she feels and is definitely feeling that tension. And I'm right there with you. But I also had an interesting response that kind of looked at it from a little bit different perspective. Older in life, gone through a lot of different tense situations, and to a lesser degree feels this tension, but also the trust that God is continuing to help us learn where God is trying to lead us. That there are a lot of things throughout history, and he brings up in the case of electric cars and how electricity has come from coal-fired power plants, but it's been shifting that as people, wise people, continue to listen to God, God continues to steer us. And I think there's a beauty to that also. I think it's recognizing that, yes, there is a tension, but yes, there is also a relief in knowing that God is still with us. It doesn't mean that it gives us an excuse to let off the gas, but it also means that we have something that's greater than ourselves that we can depend on and rely on to help us through those difficult situations and to help give us guidance and where to go. And I think that is the beauty of the tension right there. I think that's one of the things as we are dealing with a lot of these different issues that we're going to be getting into I think we have to be able to kind of do this both and justification back and forth. So I think it's going to be an interesting world that we're walking into and get used to this kind of tension walk that we're walking, but the relief that we also know that Christ is with us. So let's just jump into it. Before I really jump in deep, I know I do a lot of shameless plugs for Vanderbilt, and unfortunately, as I'm recording this, Vanderbilt's website isn't working awesome, so I am going to be looking off of my phone, which has it from previous, along with on my monitor, I have another place that has some things. So if you notice a little bit of the sound quality difference, that's what's going on. So let's just jump into it. So the semi-continuous Old Testament text this week is out of Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. 
We are jumping to the complete end of the Joseph story. So last week we had the beginning where the brothers have sold Joseph off into slavery. Joseph goes through some crazy things, but Joseph ends up becoming very high ranking within the Egyptian government and ends up having visions and dreams and helping guide Egypt to be able to recognize you're going to have seven years of great harvest followed by seven years of famine. And his brothers are coming to him in year two of the famine. And Joseph, instead of having all this resentment, Joseph goes off on this beautiful speech talking about how I am your brother that you have cast aside. But yet God took this and made something better out of it. And that God has placed me for a moment like this. And that, yes, not only am I going to provide you food, but go and get my father so that I can welcome him back and show and rejoice that we're all back together again. And the weeping that comes from this type of reunion. And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece to be able to recognize God being able to use people in precarious situations for the betterment of what God has intended. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 133, all three verses of it. So I'm just going to read it to you this week. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. We have to remember that the oil being poured down in this case would have been the recognition of being like anointed as a prophet. You would have had the dew of Hermon, Hermon being one of the tallest mountains in the region. So looking at that being a, a holy place, this place where God has connected down with people and this idea of not only us being in community and together with God, but also us as a body working together, being able to understand what God is doing. And so that's, I think, is just a really cool psalm to be getting into. The other Old Testament text this week is out of Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1 and verses 6 through 8. This is Again, this is coming after the destruction of Jerusalem. The people then have been in captivity and are coming back to try to rebuild. And it's this recognition of things are different now. The verses that have been taken out here are talking about eunuchs. Now we also get from six to eight talking about foreigners. And this recognition that as long as they are recognizing the love of the Lord and following in the footsteps of what they are called to, like keeping the Sabbath and trying to hold fast the covenants, by no means are they withheld from being part of the family of God. That this is something that is welcoming in all these people as long as they are pursuing and chasing after God, that that is what is really the most important. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 67, all seven verses of it. And then this is a praise psalm through and through that God is blessing the people and that we're making his 
praise known throughout the world and all the nations singing praise to God, recognizing what God has done. In all of this, recognizing that God is so remarkable that this is worthy of being praised and worthy to be revered throughout all the earth. The New Testament text, the epistle text this week, out of Romans chapter 11, verses 1 to 2a and 29 through 32. So first, this is Paul continuing this lecture that we've been going through as Paul's kind of been jockeying back and forth with so many different things, but recognizing that, yes, he is out of the tribe of Israel, that he is a member within this family. But what does this all mean? The recognition that God has given each of us gifts. And as long as we are being obedient to what God is calling us into, we will receive mercy that what God has tried to lay out for us. It's so often that we hold ourselves back from disobedience. And that we then become imprisoned in certain ways because of the disobedience. That God doesn't want to put us there, but in us not being able to recognize who God is calling us into being, it is imprisoning us. And yet, through all of that, we still have a merciful God that understands that as we are trying to pursue him, there is times that we are disobedient. There are times that we fall off the path. And yet, we still have a God who loves and cares for us and wants to be there with us to help us in that time and thus the forgiveness that comes with that. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 15, optionally verses 10 to 20 and 21 through 28. This is a hard text in certain ways, but easy in other ways. And part of it is because you kind of have two different stories being thrown into one. So you have Jesus with his disciples And the disciples are talking about how the Pharisees are questioning things that Jesus is doing, which is not that much of a surprise. Remember, the Pharisees are trying to be perfect. And it's this recognition that in their full perfection of trying to chase after the law, that there is times that they become blinded to what Jesus is trying to stir up, that they're becoming so rigid that they aren't able to see places where potentially that they can help and be able to be God's hands in and amongst the community. Which then is interesting that it's juxtaposed with what comes right after, starting in verse 21. Jesus is in the district of Tyre and Sidon, which is in a totally different region. He is outside his home territory. A Canaanite woman comes up to him and is asking for mercy. Jesus then responds with, this is not what I'm here to do. I'm here for the house of Israel. She continues with, Lord, help me. Jesus then responds with, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And she responds with a smart remark of, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall to to the floor of the master's table. And Jesus says, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you wish. And she was bringing this daughter of hers that needed to be healed, and she's healed instantly. It's this moment that we get of Jesus recognizing that his ministry isn't just the Jews, just the tribe of Israel. That suddenly this ministry, it's like we get the human moment of Jesus, that suddenly this is beyond just what Jesus and the human side of Jesus was thinking. This is a much greater picture that we need to be working on. So 
Before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do shameless plugs. But Working Preacher, if you've entered out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcasts, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm that ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some perspective, give me some different ideas. I use them a lot this week to be able to come up with some different ways to look at these texts. So if you haven't checked out the great resources over at workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt Divinity Library. Even though that I wasn't able to fully utilize their website the way that I would typically, I still find it as a great resource, not only on how they lay out the text week to week, but also how they have liturgical colors, prayers, hymns, different ways to be able to help with utilizing something within your service or even utilizing in your own spiritual practice. So if you haven't checked out Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I am the Revised Common Lectionary coming from that. I highly recommend that. Finally, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, I'd highly recommend checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Green Blades Rising Publications. These texts, these take these newsletters and weekly commentaries, looking at it for more ecological echoes, implications, and urgencies. And if you are listening to this week after week, I'd highly recommend checking that stuff out. There's some great resources coming from that. I, in fact, later this year will be writing one. I'm looking forward to it. So if you haven't checked out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and Green Blades Rising Publications, there will be ways to sign up for that stuff in the show notes, and I'd highly recommend checking that out. Changing our perspective. It's something hard to do, and especially in the climate in the world that we're in. Sometimes expanding our vision, expanding our focus, changing our opinion can suddenly seem like a Herculean task. In a climate, in a world that tweets and status updates and making snap decisions is preferred to suddenly have your mind changed and being able to make it in a public manner suddenly seems like something that we shouldn't be doing. Yet, when we look at these texts, we see it all over the place. We see it in the Isaiah text, looking at how we're going to be welcoming in foreigners who maybe aren't following everything to the T, but they're trying. They're wanting to be able to become part of the tribe of Israel. Or in the Genesis text, as this is the last week in Genesis before we move into Exodus, that Joseph is being told, it's okay. I realize that you guys probably have a lot of guilt about this, but look at what God has been able to do out of this. Be able to give praise as we hear in Psalm 67. This recognition of even as we are disobedient people, we still have this desire to try to strive to be closer to God and God sees us striving. God sees us working hard and continuing to strive for that. And then we get the Matthew text where Jesus is showing you can't be so rigid to just be so focused on the law. And then Jesus has to take a piece of humble pie, potentially himself, and recognizing that Jesus' vision and what God had envisioned for Jesus to do were maybe a little bit different at that moment, that the human side of Jesus comes out, that I've been set for this group of people. And yet, this Canaanite woman helps Jesus recognize, no, you came for all of us, whether we were tribes of Israel at that point or not. means that we have to be open to surprises. We have to be open to things expanding in different ways than we initially expect and helping us understand things that might just seem 
weird. And DNA, in a lot of ways, can be that way, especially when we're looking at things that aren't necessarily human initially. Take octopuses, octopi, octopods, however you want to say it. Recent studies have come out showing that octopus are able to edit their own RNA. Now, RNA is in the process of replicating your own DNA when it's unzipping it, making a single copy to be able to join back together later. What they have found is identosine in colder temperatures through this RNA process in octopi, they are able to replace it with adenosine. And the benefits that they've been able to see is that for the octopus, they're more alert, they're more attentive, they're able to react better to their environment. And we have noticed that in humans, we do some of this, sometimes with positive results, sometimes with negative results. But this recognition that we are seeing it happening in octopi, and especially as they're adapting to this environment, and as we are able to then be able to understand more what is going on there, it might be able to help us understand how to work within our own RNA to be able to better understand and be able to better help our bodies adapt to a changing habitat, adapt to changing environments, external or internal, helping us better understand how our own body works. You see, this isn't something new for us. The interphotoreceptacle retinoid binding protein, the IRBP protein, is a protein that allows us vertebrates to see. We are starting to see from scientific data and recent studies that our ability to be able to see was gifted to us from bacteria. Bacteria had this protein, and when it came into our bodies, it allowed our bodies that as we are going through the photoreceptive process, these proteins being able to knock our cones and rods back into positions, not only to be able to send an electrical signal for our brains to be able to understand and work with the data that's being processed, be being able to get back to the original position to be able to take in more data. This process was able to happen through horizontal gene transfer. Now, horizontal gene transfer is a little bit complicated for us to understand because we're used to like a top-down or a vertical method, which the genes that you get came from your parents, your descendants, and it comes into the child, and then you have those genes. Bacteria don't necessarily work that way. Horizontal gene transfer is where bacteria can pick up genes from each other. They can transfer things back and forth. This is partially how we can get bacteria that's resistant to different types of medicine because they are passing genes to each other. It's not necessarily through the replication process. It's them literally sharing genetic coding with themselves. And our cells, again, will do this to a lesser extent, not as dramatically, but we do it a little bit. Again, both of these understandings and breakthroughs, being able to understand how we were able to get our eyesight from bacteria being able to mix within our own DNA to help us be able to see, or being able to understand that octopi are able to 
adapt their RNA, thus changing their DNA, to be able to respond better to different habitats around them temperature-wise, to be able to be more attentive or being able to be more receptive to what's going on in their environment. These types of things help us recognize the ability of what is possible. Both of these discoveries was not the initial intent of getting to how does this affect us. It's the understanding and it's like, whoa, now with us understanding this, this opens the door to being able to understand at a deeper process to be able to understand who we are and how does our body function. Now let's think back to these texts. Jesus was understanding his mission to be just the Israelites, just the Jews, just the chosen people of God. This Canaanite woman helps him expand his understanding to know you're dealing with all of us. Just as you are calling out the Pharisees for being too narrowly focused and just on the law, I am calling you out and stating that you need to be able to get beyond what you are understanding. The human side of yourself is limiting yourself to understand that this is a message for all of us. Joseph saying that this is not something to be a sad story that you sold me into slavery and we've lost all this time together, but know that God was still working through all of this to be able to benefit the tribe of Israel so that it didn't die off before it got started. That this was part of God working through the situation of what happened. That yes, the tribe of Israel in Isaiah is being rebuilt. The temple has been destroyed and everybody's returning back and nothing was the way that it was. But yet, God still is working through it. This is going to be, as we are now on this side of the cross, being able to see this is the beginning of the expansion of the tribe of Israel to be able to include all of us. That Paul recognizing that we are going to fall short. We are going to miss out, but yet we are still part of this family and that God still loves us and welcomes us back in and recognizes that in that there is going to be forgiveness. But in that, that God is still working for our betterment. We see that in both the Psalms that are worthy of praise, worthy of God working and recognizing what God is doing for us. God has worked in understanding how he has taken bacterial DNA and being able to put it into our own cells to be able for us to have sight. Think about that. Something coming from bacteria being able to come into our vertebrate bodies through a process that isn't typical for us to be able to get gene transfer. It's amazing how this stuff works. That octopi are able to adapt to their environment to be able to be more responsive. That they are able to recognize that I still have abilities if I'm able to adjust a few things here. To be able to be more efficient. And what is this then meaning if we have seen this somewhat in our own bodies of what are we going to learn from RNA editing? In us being able to understand how RNA editing happens, yes, it can help with brain development, but it's also been found in diseases and cancers. So it's this idea of us being able to see someone else who has this and being able to understand how is their body working with it? What can we learn from this? How can we be seeing beyond what we just see in the moment? I think this is an important thing to be able to see and recognize that even Jesus 
had human moments where Jesus struggled with this? Do we need to be able to see beyond the current constraints and current situations of where we're at to be able to recognize that there is future? It plays into the question that we had last week, but I'm going to play it into this week's also of where do we need to see beyond where we are at right now? Where do we need to see beyond where we are at right now? In order for us to have the solutions to difficult climate issues, in order for us to be able to have solutions to difficult medical issues, in order for us to be able to grow as human beings, whether you are two years old or 98 years old, you need to be able to see beyond the situation of where you're at at this moment. Some of it, our body is going to help take care of. Through evolution, we've had amazing things happen. Some of it is also us being able to recognize and give thanks for even the situation that we're in. Being able to recognize that God has worked in miraculous ways before and that God isn't just going to abandon us now. If God can work through the RNA of an octopus, if God can work through the bacteria to be able to help our own DNA, what isn't God willing to do for us? Expanding our vision and being able to see beyond a situation is very difficult. I know there's times where I have definitely struggled with that. But I think it's also important to be able to have also the reality of what is actually coming in front of us and being able to see it and then react to it. The octopus is realizing the environment is changing, so its body is reacting to it. The bacteria was sharing new genes and our body was able to, hey, look, Look at what we're able to do now. And we were able to react to it. When these things happen, we have to be able to not just stay put. We need to react. We need to modify. We need to change. We need to be able to look forward and look at those warning signs. Look at those things as things of beauty, things of recognition of God being there, even if it's a hard adjustment. This is a message of hope. This is a message that God is not just going to leave us out to dry. God continues to show that God works in miraculous ways, in ways that we are just starting to understand how RNA editing happens. We are just starting to understand how we got vision the way that we did. And being able to understand that and understand then how our body is able to take in horizontal gene transfer or being able to take in new ways of working and editing our own DNA through RNA is fascinating and important. And I think that's one of the things that children do so well that as we age, we struggle with. They are able to see beyond. They're able to see the abundance. They're able to see where we need to give. They're able to give the hope to see beyond the situation being able to recognize this is a message for all, not just for the Israelites. This is a message of healing for all to help us recognize and see and become the people who God has intended us to be. And if Jesus needed those reminders, I think it's okay for us to have those reminders too. To grow, to change, to be okay with this evolutionary process and recognize that God is in it and to recognize that God is steering it. And recognize as we grow to understand it, we grow in appreciation of the one who designed it. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.